This podcast is brought to you by Church Society, a fellowship contending to reform and renew the Church of England in biblical faith. information about Church Society and all the things that we do on our website churchsociety.org. You'll also find there the full archive of the podcast. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. That's very good. So environmental issues, it's been very, um, very trendy for a number of Mm -hmm. years to talk about the environment, to talk about green issues. Last year we had the uh, COP26 conference and that was quite a big deal it was over here in in glasgow uh, and those are happening every year so it's a thing that people are talking about uh, and many of us are having to do recycling all the time every day we have a big bin outside our house a blue one that i fill with cardboard and paper every day um, recycling green issues do we need to save the planet though Gersty? do we should we really be caring about saving the planet what do you think about that uh, it's it's very interesting just observing how it has become an issue. So I can remember when I was a student, I used to make my own laundry liquids so that I wouldn't be sending harmful chemicals down to the waterways. And my flatmates thought I would mad, was mad, and and they wouldn't use it. <laughs> they wouldn't use my laundry liquid. They, but of course, the eco um, versions weren't available in the supermarkets then. Um, it just wasn't so much. Of, it was very much a fringe issue, mm. uh, and it has suddenly burst out through uh, through education. I mean, so you see small children being very much indoctrinated in this uh, save the planet ethos, and and the way it's been picked up by uh, politics, uh, and I think it reflects. It, it, it is a deeply emotional issue for a lot of people. I know even before I was a Christian, I just had a strong instinct that we should be looking after the, the created world. Yes. And that's what a lot of people feel, which is good and right. And it's because we were created that way, because part of mm. being in the image of God is we have been given this responsibility to look after um, creation. But, of course, if you don't know God the creator and his way that he's, he's created, uh, we'll, we get it all out of proportion um, and it, it goes quite, quite crazy. So uh, I've been thinking about this for quite a while. It seems I've always wanted to look after specific aspects of the planet, but the Save the Planet uh, slogan on its own is pretty meaningless. It, it is just a slogan. And I don't think people really know what they mean by that. Mm. After all, carbon is part of the planet. Having carbon in the atmosphere is part of what the planet does. It, it, it's not actually hurting the planet by having carbon and more carbon in the atmosphere. And, and even if you talk about, well, no, we, we want to save the, the living creatures in the planet. Well. Lots of insects uh, really like higher temperatures. So they'll be great if there's um, planetary warming. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's algae that really thrive on chemical runoff into the oceans. It's, there's a lot of things about the Save the Planet slogan, which 
I, I, I think reflect a, a general incoherence in what exactly are we trying to save? Yeah, and do we all need to go vegan? Because um, that also seems to be associated with environmental concerns nowadays. But but um, what about all the cows who won't be born if um, if we all go vegan and don't don't need them anymore? I've heard yeah, exactly. That. <laughs> yes, that's right. And uh, you know, even if you if you go off dairy, um, then that means uh, a lot of calves get slaughtered. Mm. <laughs> you know, it, it's there's there's a lot of ways in which there's not really a coherent philosophy uh, about what's going on here. And, and for most people, it seems when we're, what we're really talking about is we want the planet to be nice for us. Huh. We're not actually concerned about saving the planet. We want the planet to be uh, good for us to live in so that we can stay comfortable. And, yeah, we, are, we care about saving animals, but we care about the animals that we think are cute or impressive. You know, we care about polar bears more than we care about insects. Koala bears, come on. Surely as an Australian, you would say we love the koala bears. <laughs> I actually find koala bears quite stupid, vicious animals. <laughs> <laughs> Are you allowed to say that? Is, will that get you banished from Australia for saying that? Uh, probably, yeah. So we are extremely selective about what we think is worth saving in the planet. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It, interesting what you said earlier about how it can go a bit crazy as well. So I've noticed there's this apocalyptic sense about environmental concerns often with people that, I mean, I remember in the 70s and 80s reading things about how we were going to run out of resources by the 1990s and, and by the year 2000, um, we'd all be living in huts or something. And, um, you know, there's always this apocalyptic sense that something bad is going to happen. The end of the world is coming in the next five or 10 or 20, whatever it is. And then that date passes and we're all still here. Um, we <laughs> yes. all seem to thrive on that sort of apocalyptic eschatological panic um, and this, I mean, in many areas of life, not just that, you know, politically and in the Church of England, we're all about to leave, it's all about to implode and um, whatever. And environmental concerns are no different. There's often been this um, fringe lunacy with some of it. That's not to say that it's not an urgent and important issue, but that has been going on for a long time. Um, what, what, um, what should we be thinking about then if we're not thinking about save the planet? What is a better way of say, uh, thinking about these sorts of issues? Well, it struck me a while ago. Um, I was actually at a Christian conference, at a Christian conference, at a Christian conference centre. Mm -hmm. And there was, it was winter and there were signs on the doors saying, please shut the door behind you so as not to let the heat out. Well, that, that's fine. That's a sensible thing to do. But the reason they gave for this is so you can help the environment, hmm. not so as to serve your fellow Christians or, or so as to serve your neighbour, which I would have thought for Christians at a Christian conference, isn't that the thing we should be thinking about, helping other people not get cold? Because hmm. after all, it's that is... Um, uh, well, I think this is just the main reason you don't want to let the heat out is because the people will get cold. But that wasn't even mentioned as an ethic at this Christian conference centre. And I thought, now, yes, in the Bible, there is this sense that we are, you know, the command to be responsible for God's creation and to care for it. But actually, 
a far more prominent ethic is love your neighbor. I mean, um, love God and love your neighbor. That's Jesus' own summary of the entire law. Yes. And as I thought about it, if we really did care for our neighbor, we'd be doing the sorts of things that a lot of green practices encourage anyway, but we'd be doing them in a far more focused and coherent way. It's we, And that's the key problem in environmentalism, isn't it? It's, it's yes. the problems have happened because we're so selfish, selfish and greedy. It's because we all want to use up resources for ourselves and not think about anyone else. Yes. But essential to loving your neighbor is thinking, well, what are my neighbor's needs? And how can I not grab all the resources to myself, but think about my neighbor and serving them? And that would actually solve a lot more of the green issues than this vague idea of save the planet. That's really helpful because if we think about some of the slogans that have been used just recently in the last year or two on this um, this this front, we've got Extinction Rebellion, which is about ex extinction of the animals and plants and insects and so on. And we've got Insulate Britain, uh, which was another one where people, even clergy, were tying themselves to motorways or gluing themselves to motorways and so on. Um, those are strange slogans uh if you were to reorient and reframe the question I mean, that would be different wouldn't it it'd be um a different way of viewing the whole issue well yes i mean insulating britain would be a good thing to do for people yes and if if we were really concerned about people there would have been a huge movement to insulate britain long ago it wouldn't be such a problem now because we wouldn't have mm. left it late to know mm. but yet it, it seems that the movement is trying to motivate people by issues about the planet when surely issues about caring for other people, caring about families and their children in the cold should be a far more uh, driving motivation for us. Really interesting. So what would be a right way of um, loving, looking after, stewarding creation? How should we think about that um, more biblically? What we need to understand is that we should love creation. We should love it and delight in it because it's God creation and because we have been given this responsibility for it. That's, that's built into us. I think Augustine had a really uh, helpful way of looking at that when he said we should love everything that's created uh, proportionate to where it stands in the order of creation. Hmm. So it is... Um, we're not given, a, you know, a, an absolute um, complete plan of ordering things from, you know, from dirt up to amoeba up to um, <laughs> plants and animals. You know, we're not actually given that great chain of being like they tried to work out in uh, the Middle Ages. It'd be but an interesting pull-out sort of flap you could have in your Bible. It? <laughs> yes. It'd be a long chart right. that you could hang up on the wall or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but it would be useful to give more thought to this in the framework of how has God ordered creation. And that would, I mean, just as an aside, that would help us with things like, do you try to save a species or do you try to save individual animals? Because sometimes those are not compatible. 
mm. you know, what is it we're, we're trying to save and how do you love something rightly? Well, so I love my neighbour by understanding God's love for my neighbour. That's how I understand what is good for my neighbour and what is the most loving thing to do for them. I, I love animals by understanding God's purposes for the animals. And actually part of God's purposes as we look after them is for us to tend, tend them and let them multiply and also use plants and animals for food. That, that is a good and right thing to do. Um, and it is notable, um, you know, if we, if we didn't have any reason to farm animals, uh, animals in the wild can be a lot worse off than when they're looked after, when they're tended to, when their diseases are treated and when their parasites are removed or, or that sort mm. of thing. Mm. I, I remember Gerard Durrell giving an example of um, someone who complained to him about um, animals being in zoos. And he said, just come with me. And uh, they had come across a, a sick chimpanzee out in the wild and they um, gave this chimpanzee some antibiotics and pulled out all its parasites and made it a lot better off. That wouldn't have happened if it had just stayed in the wild. Yeah. So it's there are ways of loving animals rightly and part of seeing that our interaction with them as humans is part of what is good for the animal. Mm. Um, to love a plant more than loving a human is wrong because yeah. humans are being put at the top of the creative order to look after it. So to save a plant rather than save a human, that is ethically confused. So, yeah, so loving creation, being informed by God's purposes for that creation uh, gives us a framework for understanding what's the right way to love. You're listening to the Church Society podcast, brought to you by Church Society, a fellowship contending to reform and renew the Church of England in biblical faith. Church Society supports local churches, ministers and Christians around the country through our publications ministry, books, a quarterly magazine, a theological journal, this podcast and a whole host of teaching resources in video, audio and print format. Our growing team of regional directors are available to support and encourage ministers and local groups. We organise a number of regular annual conferences, regional conferences and online webinars. We're involved in partnership with many other evangelical organisations in this country and around the world. We have regular prayer meetings and a prayer diary for members. In all of this, we're seeking to build a fellowship of believers who want to see the kingdom grow and the Church of England be reformed for the glory of God and the good of England. We'd love to have you join us. You can join us as a member or an associate and you'll find all the information about how to do that on our new website at churchsociety.org. That's really helpful. And so you, you'd say that there's a, a, a particular special place for humanity within creation. Is that what, what it means by being in God's image? Is that a particular yes. thing we should be focusing on? And that makes us special and different because 
but many environmental groups and, and those talking about these things nowadays are, are vegan and they're um, talking about us being speciesist um, and we shouldn't prioritize humanity, but the planet, and we should perhaps be reducing human population and culling large, uh, large numbers or making sure that uh, we're sterilizing people so that humans disappear um, or, or reduce. I mean, is, is that that's crazy or what, what's going on there with our place in creation? Uh, yeah, it's just it, it doesn't understand who we are. Uh, and who we are within God's creation. Uh, there is a very anti-human element in a lot of green issues. And if, if you've ever watched the movie 12 Monkeys mm. uh, with, I was at Bruce Willis and um, some other famous people. Um, uh, Brad Pitt <laughs> was in it too, yes. Um, which was about an environmentalist who released an organism that killed almost the entire human population. Mm. Now, I, I don't suggest that, there are people trying to do that now. Well, who knows? Who knows what people might do? But, um, but there's there's some of that feeling that the world would be just better off without us. Mm. Well, well, that's not true. The world was given to us to look after. We do it very badly, um, but humans still have a special place in creation. We were given the charge to to rule over, in the sense of the way that God rules, uh, our loving, serving rule of creation to look after it. And we are the only animals who are in the image of God, who have that relationship with God. So, and that goes along with some of the special things that humans have. Uh, now, of course, chimpanzees and dolphins have a lot of intelligence, but they're not the same as humans. No. They don't have the same kind of self-reflection as far as we can tell with any um, experiment. And language has a lot to do with that. Humans communicate with language in a way that animals just don't. For all that, you know, you can have a certain complexity of vocal signals between animals, but mm. humans are qualitatively different, and that's part of being in the image of God. So we do have a special create place in creation, and we do have a responsibility to value each other and look after each other, which is a greater responsibility than uh, to look after the rest of creation. It would be interesting, wouldn't it, if that had always been our dominant ethic and if Christians were saying that more today, rather than jumping on the green bandwagon necessarily, uh, putting it all in the right theological, biblical perspective um, and starting off with love one another as the dominant ethic and working other things out from there. I mean, how would things be different if that was the case? Would, would we have the same environmental lobby now as we do? Would, would the government be going for net zero by 2030 and, and, and such things? Would, would things be different if love your neighbour as yourself was the dominant ethic today? Oh, I think it would have made a lot of difference and a long time ago, you know, before mm. environmentalism was kind of forced into the limelight and made so popular. Um, just think if uh, looking after people had been the dominant ethic during the Industrial Revolution, hmm. when we would have said, yes, uh, coal was a very efficient fuel. You know, it created a lot more heat per unit than wood. And so in that sense, uh, you could have argued there's a certain way in which coal was good for people. But if we had genuinely taken in the human cost for producing coal, for the poor mm. people who went down the mines mm. and 
had shortened lifespans because of the coal dust they were inhaling, of the people who were um, breathing coal air in the streets, uh, of the the incredible mess that coal makes in the home. So it creates a huge amount of domestic work. If uh, to clean something that's made dirty by coal is much harder than cleaning something that's made dirty uh, by wood ash. Yes. You know, it's there was so much human cost. If that had genuinely been taken into account, uh, it could have been that research into other forms of cleaner energy would have started much earlier. I mean, My, I'm just hypothesising here. That's but right. Yeah, absolutely. My grandfather was a miner in uh, in Durham. Um, from the age of 14, he was down the mines and he told me it was awful. He hated it. Um, it's what killed him with various lung problems that he had with that. It was a dreadful thing for the people involved in it. Um, and he said, we should have stopped doing this many years ago. If it wasn't so cheap and easy for, for others to use it, we would have stopped it many years ago. Um, and it was appalling. Yeah. To him. And of course, Christians were involved in trying to improve conditions down I'm thinking of Lord Shaftesbury um, in the 19th century with um, his great acts against the, the terrible working practices having children um, even younger than my granddad was at age 14 going down the mines and the working hours that they had to put in Christians have always had a concern about that but maybe we maybe we have lost sight of it um, more recently uh, yes, and the more we emphasise the planet over people, the more we're going to lose sight of it, that it actually is important to care for people, um, that people are more important than polar bears, uh, that, which is a very, it's almost difficult to say that these days. Mm. That's a heresy. Um, you, would, you would be buried yeah. for saying such things on social media, I imagine, if you tried to do that. Yes, probably. One of the reasons I keep off social media. <laughs> <laughs> You're very wise, Kirsty, very wise. <laughs> um, yeah. I wonder if that would be a good thing to drive all of our policies as a nation and as nations together, um, thinking more about people. Uh, so the whole levelling up agenda that we have at the moment in our country, the new paper that's come out recently from uh, the government, Michael Gove and others, um, about levelling up. Um, often seems to be about infrastructure, building roads, doing these things. It's about um, the economy and things like that. I wonder if that could be different if we put love for neighbour, love for people more at the centre of our vision um, for what the nation should be and do and what the government should be involved in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it would make uh, in all sorts of ways, it would make a better ethic. But I guess that that's the problem. <laughs> you know, the problem is sin, isn't it? Humans yes. are uh, innately selfish, and it is very hard to get people to actually think about loving their neighbour instead of loving themselves. Mm. Uh, yeah. I wonder if sin is where some of that um, human self-loathing that you mentioned before comes from as well, is that, you know, there are some environmental groups who would be um, talking about the extinction of humanity as a good thing for the planet and putting the planet first in that way. And that, that comes from a rather curved in view of humanity, of who we are, um, and a self-loathing and oh, woe is me, we're the, we're the problem. Um, and there is no hope in that for a person made in the image of God. And we need to 
uncurl ourselves, look up to God to give us hope and to give us a purpose and uncurl and look up and, and see ourselves in the light of what God has revealed to us about himself and who we are mm. as made in the image of God, as here to be his um, uh, rulers over creation under him and so on. So actually the gospel should be applied to, to all of these things and, and it would uncurl us from the wrong perception of the world, the wrong framework in which we're seeing things and, and give us a better view on all of these things. The gospel really is what we need to, to apply to this. Is that right? Oh, oh well, yeah, it, it is. And that, um, that, that curling in, it, well, this, this human loathing that we're seeing at the moment uh, is, is just the other side of the human uh, aggrandizement that we saw, you know, at, in the industrial revolution and following mm. Uh, eras when that this idea of progress and inevitable human progress and mm -hmm. things are only going to keep getting better because we are so clever and look at all the things we can do uh, and we are going to solve all the world's problems that's the same inner looking isn't it, it it's, it's just the other now we've realized we can't we've actually done a bad job in fact, as we thought we were solving problems we were just making things worse mm -hmm. and so now you get the other side of that, which is this curling in, and neither of them is actually looking to God to say, well, actually, it's your creation. Maybe you have some wisdom about what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. And this concern about people, the especially the powerless people, the people who are suffering, uh, that concern would always inevitably be better for creation because that's actually how god has ordered things yes so christians do have something distinctive and powerful to say into these green debates these environmental planets debates that we're having at the moment we've got something to say that's distinctive and would actually reframe the debate in a way that will be better uh, for humanity and also for the planet longer term as well does all of this though i mean are you basically saying we just need to forget the planet and, and worry about people um you're not saying that i uh, know you're not saying that but <laughs> some people might interpret you as saying that because the the way that the world thinks about these issues is so powerful and persuasive um and it's it's all around us and it, it is on tv it's on radio it's in the magazines it's on social media um people might interpret this as a way of us saying ah forget the planet just worry about people but you're not saying that are you you're not saying forget no. about the planet oh absolutely not no uh, there was a paper written i think it was in the 70s by a fellow called lynn white jr which actually mm -hmm. blamed Genesis 1 for environmental problems. Yes. It says it's because Christians believe in dominion over the world. That's why we've had all this exploitation. Um, but Genesis 1 is nothing to do with exploitation. Uh, it never was. And it's, uh, it, it is actually a completely false argument to say that because Christians believe in dominion, therefore they don't care about the planet. It's exactly the opposite. That's what gives us our motivation to mm. care for the planet yeah. um we we are to have responsibility for the animals i mean adam was given the animals to name that's a very strongly symbolic notion if you're naming something that's a close relationship uh, you you care for it um it's in the garden the 
the the man was to take care of the garden. It, he wasn't told to just use it for whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, we've even got specific instruction in Proverbs that the righteous care for the needs of their animals. Yeah. So cruelty to animals is never right. And, mm-hmm. and current farming practices, uh, intensive farming, which is cruel to animals, is completely unchristian and Christians yes. should be fighting against it. Yes. So the Bible is our guide for caring for the planet, caring for the animals within it, and understanding who we are as humans in that ordered creation. Um, It's human problems that we need to be concerned with, and the answer is with the gospel. Mm. That's the thing that's going to solve the human selfishness, which is at the centre of our environmental problems. It's not to loathe humans and say, well, well, let's get rid of them. It's to love humans and say, we know how to give you that hope and that right attitude towards the rest of creation. It, yeah, it is, it is a very powerful message, which is actually about saving the planet uh, the way that God would save the planet. Yes. Now, the, the next issue of um, Crossway, the Church Society magazine, is going to look at some of these green issues. We've got a number of different uh, contributors, including Kirsty, who have written uh, for the next issue of Crossway um, about the environment and the planet and so on. Kirsty, there's a great line in your article, which I really love, that says that New Testament values, if, if that's what we had, if we all had New Testament values, that would go a long way to combating the rapacious consumerism of the Western world. New Testament values would combat the rapacious consumerism of the Western world. That is a wonderful way of putting it. Um, Often people think, well, the Western world gave us Christianity and that's what led to the collapse of the world and all the bad things in the world come from Western consumerism um, and from the West generally. But actually you're saying we need to go back to what built Western civilization in the first place, New Testament values, um, the Bible, um, and that would actually combat the problems that we've got in the West as well as the rest of the world. Yeah, great way. Think, of what it. A, think what a difference it would make if people were actually content, if they mm-hmm. didn't need to keep buying the latest fashion, the latest car, the the bigger house. If they could actually be content as the New Testament teaches us, and be thankful for what they have. I mean, what difference would that make to the amount of resources we consume? Oh, huge. Would you say then that um, evangelism, saving souls, not just saving the planet, has quite an important role to play in ultimately saving the planet? Yes, 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 (laughs) absolutely. Because that is what is actually going to change the heart of the problem um, Mm. in a way that... Uh, new laws and, uh, you know, net zero policies are not going to change people's hearts, but the gospel does change people's hearts. Mm. Mm. Would Jesus do recycling every day? Uh, If that's the right and wise thing to do, yes, he would. (laughs) But I think Jesus is actually an example. He cared about people. So, Mm. I I mean, if... um, if a plastic syringe is going to save someone's life, then that's a good use of plastic. Uh, plastic um, 
tap that we just collect and and sits around the house that's not mm. so yeah it does give us a framework for understanding how do we actually use things well yes Brilliant. Well, Kirsty, it's been terrific to talk to you. I know you've done a lot of thinking about science and faith um, and ethics in the past, so you're a particularly well-informed person to chat to about all of this. Thank you. And uh, Thank listeners, you. I hope you'll look forward to uh, reading that new edition of Crossway, which will be coming out um, in uh, the end of March, beginning of April. Uh, look out for Kirsty's article and uh, other articles that we'll have in there too. But thank you very much for listening. I hope you'll join us again for another Church Society podcast next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Church Society podcast. You can find the whole podcast archive on our website, churchsociety.org. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your usual podcast app. And we'd love it if you are able to leave a review or give us a rating over there as well. Mm-hmm.